This is Fritz Frivolous with continuous live coverage of the corner of Curious Lane and Just Because Boulevard, the epicenter of the alien invasion. And this just in, King Kong is fighting the Mobile Suit Gundam. And of course, all of this is happening amidst World War IV, making it pure pandemonium. If only Captain Planet were still alive to save us all. Dude, could you imagine? Zelda, Super Mario Bros., Mega Man, Castlevania. These games aren't just fun to play. The musical tracks that come within make them also great to listen to. Each level is accompanied by a musical score filled with enticing riffs and hypnotic melodies that can create earworms, which will have you humming or whistling for days on end. But what if you can pick any musician to redo the musical score to any video game? What game would you pick? Which musician would you choose? Let us level up with our two glitch-free gamers, Will and Tom, as we press continue to find an answer. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tom Case. This is Will Stark. Will, exciting, awesome news. I know. I've heard about it, and I can't wait to announce it. Not one, but two (laughs) new DCYI patron members. We do have two new members, and one has joined us as a DCYI co-producer by the name of Nick Woizen. I really hope I pronounced that last name correctly. Thank you, Nick. Thank you very much, Nick. And we also had another patron join us in the DCYI field reporter, and his name is Eric James. So we got two co-producers and a field reporter. Yep. We're building quite the team over here. We're growing big time. (laughs) And uh, both Nick and Eric... Uh, chose a tier that gives them the perk of a fan request question. Right. So okay. guess what tonight is? It's fan request night? It's fan request night. <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> Thank you guys for submitting questions. Yes. I definitely love these both of these questions. The first one we're going to do is actually going to be Eric James. And Eric had uh, wrote into us. He said, uh, actually, you know what? I should, he, he says, uh, he found us via the Dungeon Cast. He says, shout oh, out to cool. Dima Gorgon. Of course. <laughs> Um, he does say the two of us uh, make uh, the two of us together make a great team. Thank you. And he really loves the blend of a little bit of everything that we bring. Um, awesome. The question he had though is a scenario. Oh. And it was if uh, we can have any music redone for a video game, like by a okay. musician that we you know obviously like mm-hmm. and can pick anyone. Um, who? Which video game would we choose to have the music redone, and by whom? Um, he gives an example of like, if you're familiar with nine inch nails, Trent Reznor, right. who actually has done like mu- music for video games. Yeah. I think he might've done some stuff for Silent Hill even. I'm not sure oh, about really? that, but I think he might've. That might be another reason for me to finally start playing that game. Silent Hill is amazing. <laughs> I, I love it. It's my favorite horror I know, game every, series Everyone who's told me, and, and I even hear people who like, you know, it's not like the whole... Star Trek, Star Wars fandom, where a lot of people are like, you either love Star Trek or Star Wars. Right, right. Because, uh, you know, uh, Silent Hill and Resident Evil were both like pretty big competitors for that. Yeah, you know, it's actually, I think that's a pretty fair comparison because like there is a certain uh, analog in that like, you know, Star Wars and Star Trek are both sci-fi, but Star Trek is more of a hard sci-fi that's a little bit more based in like realistic scenarios of like where science could go. Well, Star Wars is more of a space fantasy. Yeah, so like, exactly. Like, they're the same genre, but they're very different. I would say the same with Silent Hill and Resident Evil. Resident Evil is a zombie um, horror. It's it's about corporations run wild. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, evil and greed and corruption and all that other stuff. Silent Hill is about repressed memories and abuse yeah, and, like, sexual abuse and a bunch of other really dark shit. Mm-hmm. And it's more of, like, an eldritch horror cosmic yeah, horror exactly. thing yeah it's it's they're very different they're not alike at all yeah which is why which i'm glad because like you know fans of both genres you know, or both games you know yeah. they they seem to like both yeah resident evil can be scary but mm-hmm. silent hill's fucking disturbing yeah and i I, <laughs> I remember when i when i saw the movie i thought the movie was pretty disturbing yeah um when that oh yeah i i'm a big fan of the movie but i think we're yeah. getting off track yes we are let's get back to so i actually you most questions on this show, Tom does not let me know ahead of time, but he has been letting me know the patron ones ahead of time. So I, <laughs> I've come prepared with two answers. Um, how many answers do you have for this one? I have 
I have one answer you have for one the game. Answer. Okay. But I, I have a couple answers for who I might want to. Oh, so one game, but two possible artists. Yeah. Okay. So you want you want me to lead with one, then we'll go to you, and then we'll bounce back to me? Yeah, I think that'll be a good idea. Okay. So um, I had two. I couldn't decide between the two, so I decided mm-hmm. to talk about them both. The first would be, we're going to go back to the very first original, going back to 1988, I believe, The Legend of Zelda. Oh, okay. And I know that the question asker... Uh, led with the parameters of we're, we're redoing the music but i'm like fuck it let's just redo the whole damn game yeah yeah like we're, we're gonna redo the music oh, and not we're gonna, just the we're music. gonna update the the pixel so we're going from 8-bit to 16-bit or whatever oh, okay. and we're gonna do like modern awesome pixel art oh okay um, but other than that like nothing else has changed it's the same, same game gameplay. just with updated pixel art and updated music <clears throat> and i thought a really cool and kind of different take on the classic 8-bit uh, sound is why not we why don't we hire what I think is the greatest 8-bit band to ever exist Anna Monaguchi oh, have you ever okay. heard of Anna Monaguchi? I have heard of the yes so I think I don't I don't remember my details like I don't know if I remember my details correctly it's been a while um, and maybe I should have done some research before I brought them up but I think they're a three-piece band from New York um, but they specialize in a blend of music that is they started off more like 8-bit meets garage rock. Mm-hmm. And then they went more like garage rock meets 8-bit meets dance music. But I'm talking about their early era where it was 8-bit meets garage rock. Um, and most notably, they did the soundtrack for the video game Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, which is a really good game. It's like a, a beat-em-up. Oh, it's okay. like an yeah, arcade told, beat-em-up. I remember you talking yeah, about I own it on the Switch. It's fantastic. Um, I actually played it on the channel with my sister, and it was really cool. But um, they did – their third album, I think it's the third album, is just that soundtrack. They did all mm. the music, and it's also their third album. And quite frankly, it might be their best album. It's amazing. Mm. And uh, they really captured the the energy, the youthful energy and the, like, kind of garage indie feel, but made it very 8-bit. And also their music is very um, reminiscent of, like, just old 8-bit style games. Yeah. And it would be really cool to see, like, a bright, polished – Repixelated that Legend of Zelda be, yeah. that then took those songs and did it in the Anamonaguchi style. I think that'd be really fun. That does sound dope. Yeah. And you know, even though, like, you know, don't get me wrong, like, you know, it's cool when you have, like, for example, there are certain bands out there that I do love to listen to. Uh, I think one of them is called Mini Bosses. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're like, basically, they're like rock bands and stuff, but they, they do almost purely video game music. You know right. What I mean? Right. And, uh, I love listening to those. Like, you know, when you played, I don't know if you ever played Contra. Yeah. Right on yeah, yeah okay. I, the music on there. It's great. Even though, yeah, even though it was like, what is that back? What is that? Still 16 bit or 8 bit? Yeah. It, it was so catchy. Almost every level I could like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was so good. Yeah. But when you hear it played live, you know, obviously that's a high fidelity. Like, the sound is way better. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it just sounds so good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I even have a list of video game music just on my Spotify. I do as well. Yeah, I and well. I listen to it. Yeah, because the music is good. Like, it is. It's good very songs. good. Yeah, it's why it was chosen to to for you to have to listen to over and over and over again in a yeah, game. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it had to be good. I never thought about that because you're right. When you're playing a video game, most likely, especially if it's difficult, mm-hmm. you're going to play that level over and, and over. over. Or if yeah. the game is so fun, you're going to play the whole game over yeah. and over. Yeah, and. That would suck if you got tired of the music. Oh, yeah. But you never seem to get tired of it. Like yeah. Mega Man, Mario. Oh, yeah. Right? All, Contra, all the games. Like yeah. all those music is yeah. like. As a matter of fact, it was actually hard for me to do this a thought experiment just because it's like, oh, why would I want to redo the music? It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So I had to go way back for that one. Um, but uh, also I'll add to this. Um, a lot of, like you said, mini bosses and I'm familiar with them. But um, Anamagaguchi, one of the cool things about them is they don't redo uh, video game music they do music in the video game style so they do original music oh okay and and yeah that's what i love about them that's why i think they're a good pick because it's like it's their style that i'm looking to bring to the music itself yeah and yeah so anyways oh wait so okay wait i was imagining that when you redid this for legend of zelda mm-hmm. Is it going like? Are you talking about them actually doing that music or making? No, no, they're music? they're going to do uh, I guess covers you could say oh, of okay, the in-game okay. music. Funnily enough, Legend of Zelda has like four songs. It's an old yeah. game. You have the world map, you have the dungeon. Yeah, the dungeon. I think you have the Ganon fight, and then you have the introduction music, and yeah. that's it. And the um, fairy music. Whenever you meet fairies, I think that's a different song. Um, no, I don't think there's fairy music in it, the original Zelda. You might be thinking of Link to the Past. Are you sure it doesn't go? 
Yeah, you're, 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 you're talking about Link to the Past. Yeah, I was thinking that was also in the other one. No, I'm pretty sure there's no there's no fairy music. There's like four songs. Granted, they're all good songs. And they're all great. They're all fantastic. So yeah, Anamata Gucci. That's my pick or my first pick. But you go ahead. Uh, you know what? Okay, so you kind of touched on re- on reasons that are good reasons why I didn't just go. When I first heard this question, my first thing was, I'm going to my favorite game, God mm-hmm. of War. Yeah. And I'm going to just pick like, revenge. you know, wouldn't that be cool if you just had this cool rock band, someone who shreds and stuff, right? Sure. That was my first reaction. Okay. And then while you were talking, I started thinking about points of why that wouldn't be so great. Yeah. And which one of them, which you brought up, which was, I mean... It's already so great. Why would you want to change it? Like, if you've played God of War, right? Uh, or you've yeah, at least it's been seen, a long yeah. time. But, yeah, it's a great game. Um, and the music's already awesome. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it is. why would you? Yeah. yeah. That's why it's difficult. Yeah. And so, and and plus, the game is so new. By the mm. way, I'm talking about the God of War, the most recent. Yeah, 2018, 2018 God of War. Um, you know, it, there's it's hard to improve upon that because it's so new. It's already, like, fresh. It's already good. Right. So, I was actually thinking about uh, this when you were talking and did you ever play this game called Rygar? No. Oh, no, man. I have not. So Rygar was this old game on the Nintendo. Okay. Right? And Rygar. He, yeah. He was like, um, I don't know how to describe. So to me, that was the very first time they ever introduced like Greek mythology style um, gameplay into okay. a video game. Okay. Right? So this is God of War before God of War was kind, God of War. Yes, kind of. Oh my kind God, Tom. Like you have you have this shield that like is yeah. on a chain, and okay. you, you threw the shield Whoa. like a yo-yo. You okay. Know what I mean? and it came back to you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, how old? The original Nintendo. Original Nintendo. So we're we talking yeah. about somewhere between 1988 and 1990. Yes. Wow. Yes. And uh, your your character was like a warrior, yeah. right? And you had to go through defeating. You know, these monsters and stuff that were being brought out to you, I think, by God. Okay. Uh, it might have been even a Greek God. I, I actually, you know, it's been so long since I played it. But I remember having so much fun playing that game. They did do a remake later on. Um, and, you know, it was it was... It was a pretty cool remake. I'm um, I'm looking I'm looking at stills of Rygar. It looks mm-hmm. it looks really cool. Yeah it, yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah. However, I thought, and I'm so glad that you brought up the whole fact of, you know, you're not just going to update the music on the game like you wanted. When why you go not, when right? you go why that was, old, it's kind of weird. It's like, why is this music so up to date? But it looks like it was made in 1988. Yeah, exactly. Right. It, it does. It, that would be weird. And I'm so glad, though, because I think that would be awesome if... By the way, your game here, Rygar, mm-hmm. came out in 1986. Oh, 1986. So this, this predates yeah. my birth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess my game did as well, so... Yeah. <laughs> but I know. I'm old, okay? <laughs> we get it. That's how this show works, Tom. You try to kill yeah. my family, I call you an old yeah. man. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> the old man that put Will's family in peril every week. Um, so I was thinking... That would be cool to update Rygar once again, right, mm-hmm. into now and have Bear McCreary, who is the person that made the music for 2018 God of War, oh. have oh. him do the music. Oh. And it would be epic. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, I mean, I, I hope people listening have played the 2018 God of War. A lot of people The have. music in that game is phenomenal. Like. I can't say that I remember. I only played, I think I got like 10 hours in and the, I didn't stop playing because I didn't enjoy it. I just kind of got distracted yeah. and never went back to it. But the, in those 10 hours, I can't say that there was a particular thing about the music that stood out to me. But mm-hmm. the thing that stood out to me was that the entire game itself was this cohesive, immersive package. Yeah. Like that game sucks you in immediately yes. and it just feels real and you just yeah. get lost in it. Yeah, I so love the music it. has I, to be good. I love it, and yeah. I like the music. I yeah. actually particularly remember like thinking about, oh man, this sounds so cool, especially cool. on important parts where they're not really talking. Right, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like maybe showing you something epic, and mm-hmm. and uh, even even the parts that were slow and parts that were meant to be sad, like the music changed very well with that. And right. I thought uh, Bear McCreary did a really good job. So I was thinking. Obviously, since Rygar is in the same vein, you know, he's like, yeah, he was like, the, thing, you know, yeah. the God of War before God of War, like you said. So, you know, that I would think, be cool. I think that there would be There you awesome. do the music yeah. and update the graphics. Like, I, I would buy that game. Yeah, I, I would think buy that's that game. my choice. For I sure. like that. That's a good choice and not one I would have expected. <laughs> okay, well, we'll go to my second one, which tied for, you know, that's why I couldn't decide. So, 
Do you remember a game, I'm sure you do, called Gauntlet Dark Legacy? Oh, yes. I love yeah. Gauntlet. Well, there's Gauntlet Legends. You play Gauntlet I, Legends, Gauntlet right? Legends on the N64, I think that's right? The one. Yeah. Okay, so Dark Legacy is essentially a, an immediate remake. So imagine like Gauntlet Legends comes out one year. Two years later, they've, they the same studio and everything remade it with extra content. Oh, okay. So it's like it's the exact same game with more characters. Oh, that, okay. that's, there's the only difference. More characters, same game. Did they keep um, that same intro music? Everything's the same. It's oh, literally okay. the same. That's the song I that gets stuck in my. That's <laughs> what do you call those? Uh, an earworm? Yeah, it's an earworm. Oh man, that gets stuck. Now it's gonna be stuck in my head for days. Watch. So I love that game. It's a it's a hack and slash kind of adventure game, and also a collectathon. You're collecting all these oh, different yeah. gems and rune stones and that. stuff. You found a rune stone. <laughs> and all you that have stuff. found Please the one rune stone. And it's multiplayer. It was kind of designed to be played in arcades. Uh, if you haven't played mm-hmm. it and you find a way to play this old janky s game, please do. It's amazing. Uh, you will easily sink twenty to thirty hours into it, and you'll mm-hmm. enjoy every moment of it. Be careful if you pick the wizard character. Oh, he's squishy. Yeah, Red fit yeah. wizard needs food badly. You you have to like really build him up. Like you yeah. really have to. You know, know I've, how to I I completed that game solo wizard. I've yeah, done it before. Yeah. I've done it with Warrior, Wizard, Minotaur, and a few other I characters. think it's the Barbarian that's the easiest to use because he's Man, like... he's a beast. Yeah. The Valkyrie kicks ass, but she's more defensive. Anyways, yeah. great game. Good level design. Um, I don't even necessarily need the graphics updated, and the graphics look like garbage, but I, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking just for the music, the music is really good, but uh, the PlayStation sound chip, the MIDI for PlayStation, just wasn't the best. Yeah. Some games made better use of it than others. But if you gave that game like a full orchestration, it could be phenomenal. So I was thinking to myself, what band would I want to redo this epic music? Have you ever heard of the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, Oh, Tom? yes! I, knew, I was about to say something like that. Yes. So yes. for those of you who don't know, they're I think they're a world-famous band. Yes. But they, yeah, they travel the world. They're probably most famous for... Well, number one, the style of music they do is uh, a mesh between classical and, and hard rock or heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And they're most famous for touring the world doing Christmassy music. Yeah, in that style, I've seen them live. Really great. They're phenomenal. Oh, I wanted it. Yeah, oh man, I want to phenomenal see them live. live. The pyrotechnics are great. Come around here. This... They, yeah, they 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 were last Christmas. That's oh, how I went and saw them. Are. Yeah. I look that up. So like that's the thing is I don't know how famous they are, but I think they're world famous. Anyways, it's a huge group, like 30, 40 people involved. Mm. Um, but they they do great work and they do great covers of already written music you know holiday music and old um orchestral music mm-hmm. i don't see any reason why they can't come in on this pre-written music and then trans-siberian they it the fuck up kill it dude, dude they can you imagine kill it so gauntlet dark legacy oh with God, trans-siberian be, yeah. orchestra that's my pick i know trans-siberian or trans-siberian orchestra is is uh, should be famous because whenever you know, if anyone out there listens to, let's say, like I think it's Coast One Hundred Three Five, where they always Wait, play that's going to be a, that's a local station. Oh, that's yeah, true. all the radio stations that's are true. local. Tom. Well, whenever you have uh, the whatever your local station, <laughs> you're right, you're right. Whatever station you have that plays only Christmas music, right? Yeah, all the time. You definitely get some. Whenever the song, uh, what's the name of the one? Is like ding dong. Like Christmas oh, I is here. That, that yeah, that right. one, the Hungarian one. Yeah, I can't remember and that's called. by yeah. them. And the radio pl- always plays yeah. that that version. Yeah, they, their, their version, version of, of that. It. Yeah, that's and I song. love their version. Oh of yeah, that it's song, fantastic. Dude. I think it's, it's better than yeah, any other version. I saw that live. It was great. Man, I want to go see them live now. <laughs> but yeah, I think they would kill it. In most fantasy RPGs, they would kill it. But that's one of the few games I can say is a great game with really good music that really kind of needed needs an update. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would love a remake of that game. I would pay so much money for some good studio to pick up that game and say, hey, we're remaking it. Just revamp it. Oh, my God. I I mean, if you think about it, it would – I don't – you know, if they – all they did was remaster it, right, mm -hmm. a little bit better graphics. They don't have to change anything else. They could keep the same game, story, whatever you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Just music and remaster it. Exactly. They could make tons of money off that, dude. I I think a lot of people do it. So recap, mine would be Rygar. And we'll have Bear McCreary, the the man who was behind the music of God of War, redo this the music on Rygar. Yeah, and mine were The Legend of Zelda with Anna Monaguchi redoing the music, and uh, Gauntlet Dark Legacy with Trans Siberian Orchestra redoing the music. But dude, could you imagine? This just in: a new study suggests leaving an Apple Podcast review is very important for a newly created podcast. So please don't forget to leave an Apple Podcast review. 
In financial news, Patreon supporters are among the most appreciated in the podcast industry. You can support the DCYI team by heading over to patreon.com slash dude could you imagine. This has been Fritz Frivolous, reminding you to like, comment, and subscribe. Will and Tom, back to you. Great, the trip to the past worked. Okay, I'm really thankful I have this suit. Nothing can see me, hear me, nothing can even touch me. Alright, now let's see what really happened to the dinosaurs. Okay, I think, I think I see the meteorite. I, wow, it's huge. It's coming right towards us. And, and, wait a minute. Wait, that, that's not a meteorite. That's a UFO. Wait, what's going on here? What? Really? They're able to take all of the dinosaurs? Wow. Okay, well, I guess mystery solved. And we're back. Indeed we are. Will, the second fan question here from Nick Woizen. Thank you, Nick. He asks, if you could pick any moment in history oh, to be present for and observe in its entirety, <laughs> what would it be? And he gives you parameters. Okay, let's hear the parameters. <laughs> so the parameters are, you cannot change or affect anything. Picture being incorporeal, essentially. We are, we are merely an observer. Mm-hmm. You will understand the languages slash contexts of, ha- of what is happening. Convenient. Mm-hmm. You do remember the event and you can share it if you so choose. But if it does not jive with what is known at the moment, you might not be believed. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's like. Like I'm, I can tell people, but they might not believe me. Is that, yeah, yeah. Like okay. if it's something that, you know, right now people are just don't, you know, probably don't really know if it's true or not. Mm-hmm. And you're saying, no, I was there. I saw it. They might look well, at yeah, you as you're crazy. like, no, you yeah. weren't. Yeah, like, exactly, what are you talking yeah. about? Okay. For sure. Which, um, which might be for anything. Even yeah, if they knew it and you're like, well, I saw when Lincoln was elected. And right. I saw that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would be yeah. Weird, that. You're going to think they're crazy. <laughs> so um, I knew I was forgetting to do something today, and that was figuring out what the hell my answer to this question was. So did I. Because <laughs> we were working on other things <laughs> yeah. today. Gosh dang it. I Well, to be, on, to be totally <laughs> fair, I, um, I actually did think of um, – uh, me and, and actually our mutual friend Haley, we we yeah. actually I told her about this one. I oh, thought it was did she really have one? Uh, she didn't give me one of, of of hers, but she did tell me what she thought mine was going to be. Mm. And uh, because I also was having our time, I was like, yeah, it's very hard to like choose between like I mean, there's so many monumental. Yeah, things sure, that you can, absolutely. You know, observe or witness in history. Yeah. Um, but she mentioned she's like, oh, I thought she's all. I thought for sure you would have went to the Beatles. Right. Oh, okay. And I would have, and I kind of was like, yeah, but I but started thinking moment? about that. Yeah. And I started thinking about, I was like, first of all, what moment? Mm-hmm. Second of all, let's say if I went to like Shea Stadium or somewhere, actually, you know, you know what? She even, she even brought up the oh, fact. So like, watch them live. Yeah. Okay. She even brought up the fact. She's like, oh, Shea Stadium. I thought you would have said like on the rooftop. Remember when they played on the rooftop? Yeah. Their final building? concert. Yeah. Well, sure. I, which would be cool. Don't I'm get sure, me wrong. I'm also sure the sound quality sucked ass. And two, <laughs> they didn't get to play a full set because they, after a while, the cops and stuff did come yeah, yeah. and shut them down. Mm-hmm. Three, they wouldn't be playing every song that I want them to play. No, nor no. did they do that at any of their concerts because no. they didn't have like. They had very few. Exactly. Yeah. Right, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have that. Okay. And then I started thinking, well, maybe I would be in there, um, in the studio at Abbey Road. Maybe mm-hmm. when they came up with like Strawberry Fields or something, right? Okay. But the problem is, well, if I'm only and and I'm not sure if I'm if this is exactly the parameter, but like I'm assuming we couldn't like be there more than a span of what a day. Or well, something. that's I not in the know. parameters. But, I mean, I, it, but like, yeah, I think a day sounds fair. Right, because like, you're there for a moment, yeah. an event. And it's like, if you're just there for that in mm-hmm. the thing, well, you're only going to be hearing one song because right. it takes them a while to make yeah. a song. You know it probably I mean? won't like, even sound the way you And it think, wouldn't even, yeah, yeah because, because you have to it, mix it. Usually it, take, you gotta yeah, like, it usually takes a while for you to, like... To come there's no one moment that song was written yeah it, it was a yeah, series of moments not. over the course of like weeks exactly yeah. and yeah and then even after they would quote unquote finish the song mm-hmm. it's not really finished it wouldn't sound exactly the same because mm-hmm. then they have to get it mixed and edited yeah, and all that you're kind of stuff. absolutely right yeah so i'll be honest with you that's where everything shuts down for me because <laughs> because i because i was like you know what that was such a great thing until i really went in on it and started thinking about it and i'm like no i would have been if if i like 
let's say had a chance to do this and you like you only given one chance and I did that mm-hmm. I would have been disappointed yeah that's that's a tough one and also it's just like is that really what you're most curious about I know that's why even though I didn't pick a specific one I do know I would probably want to use it for one of those for one like a mystery yeah for something right? that no one need... no one knows yeah. like we have a bunch of theories but we're not sure mm-hmm. um i think my mind immediately went to uh the meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs yeah something yeah. like that <laughs> yeah. right like yeah. yeah i mean i don't know if that's my pick it's probably mm-hmm. not my pick but it'd be fucking cool to see plus i get to see dinosaurs so that's also mm-hmm. cool too because i could talk about what they actually look like i would know mm-hmm. i would also think about things like maybe going back in like certain religious history right like right like, like seeing if jesus did right was there jesus yeah he was there what, did, did he did was he rise? a person was he, was he yeah crucified? was it all like everything that says you know yeah absolutely. but then even the problem is that i was like okay i go and i witness it but if i came here and started saying that that's mm. going to probably cause a lot of waves and problems with a lot of people you know i it's you funny know? how much how concerned are you about telling anybody else i wasn't planning on telling anyone <laughs> at, at at least my um, oh you told my my immediate piece. yeah yeah that's what i mean and, and like and then i kind of thought like but but is that really what i that's not what i'm like most curious about anyway right so i don't know you know one one thing was the diet love pass Right, the the one I told you about in I think it was in Siberia where they oh, they were going yeah. up and they yeah, found the yeah, bodies yeah. and stuff uh, lying dead and they don't know what it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, wasn't there like a like a in when was it? I want to say was it in the early 1900s? Also in Siberia, wasn't there like a huge explosion that like flattened like a, a this huge uh, chunk of like forest? Oh like, yeah, all the trees were. Yeah, I, I, I don't know about this. Yeah, that's they, interesting. Uh, yeah, you should look it up. They 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 don't know what. To, I think to this day they still don't know what caused it. It was they didn't. What have year any, was it? I I early nineteen hundreds. So it was before World War. Oh I? yeah, yeah. Before I think it was before. I mean, then. my immediate thought goes to a meteor. But there was no, there's no crater. There's no crater. There's no, like, you know what I mean? There was no yeah. other, like. Was there a body of water the, uh, the meteor could have landed in, maybe? I don't know. No, not that I remember. What or maybe maybe it sailed close to the earth, like overhead. I was thinking maybe. Blew a bunch of shit over and landed in the ocean. Yeah, maybe. I'm just literally I know. I know nothing I mean, about it, the thing you're talking yeah, about. So. I mean, it, it, but, I mean, it could be, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it could be something like that. They just didn't know. But. But my point was like some type of mystery. Yeah, you know sure, I mean? absolutely. Yeah. And, hmm. I, and I'm having like trouble picking one, you know. Yeah, like again. who killed Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> right. <laughs> or you know JFK. Like yeah, how did that or, actually yeah, go down? True. You know, mm-hmm. or you know, well we know how Abraham Lincoln died, but it'd be a trip to fucking see it. Yeah. Um, hmm. Hmm. I wish I'd done my research earlier. Hmm. Honestly, I you know what? I think that there is something that bothers me a lot not bothers the wrong word there is something that always does capture my imagination and i always still want to know if it's really true or not i think i would try to witness whatever happened that started area 51 what what do you mean that 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 event the event of when the government surrounded these what the government says was quote-unquote uh top secret weather uh sensory you know equipment that crash landed and other people were saying that it was a UFO that they saw that crashed, right? So uh-huh. then they so then they took this thing over and then they brought it to quote unquote Area Fifty One. I think I would probably. Well, how go how to sure see. are we even that part's true? I know that's why I would like, really I, go I'm for honest, that. I don't part. know anything yeah. about Area Fifty One. So Area Fifty One was a place that already existed. No, well, I don't know if it already existed. It might they might have uh, made that area because it was supposed to be close by to where I think that happened, the crash uh-huh. site. So I would want to see what it was, why they really, I would want to be there for when that day was, when they brought that there, whatever this stuff was. I love so hard. You're standing there there, and then, you know, you see, you see Uh, the wreckage and stuff and you just see. Yeah, it was a piece of weathering equipment. Well, know, crazy. Yeah. You'd be like, God damn it, I, I know. fucking I wasted like, my God. goddamn. Yeah, piece I can see that. Well, yeah, I had a similar but one. But at I'm least like, I would know. You would know yeah. and no one would believe you. Mm-hmm. But um, Yeah. That would, well, yeah. I had the same thought with uh, the Lost Roman Legion. And like, no one knows oh, what happened. Yeah. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be about a bitch if I like went there and suddenly, you know what? 
fuck the Roman army. And then yeah. they just all disperse. I'm I like, know. God damn it. This, this isn't know? a cool mystery at all. And I know. And, <laughs> and I'll be honest, I kind of really feel like that's how all of them would be. I really feel like there would, there would be, you know, my alien thing, your lost Roman yeah. legion. Well, granted, like, okay, so, like, the lost Roman legion, like, it would have been very difficult for them to disperse and then no one to, like, track down at mm-hmm. least some of these guys, right? There's at least a thousand of them. But, um... Granted, it would still be kind of hilarious if I wasted my wasted my shot on that, if you will. Yeah. Um, but 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 like yeah. But point being would be, you know, I don't think it's going to be something that I'm pretty sure a lot of us would hope. Like oh, they went into a portal or right, something yeah. cool. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be that. Like, <laughs> I go, you see a flying saucer loop over and they beam them all up and leave. <laughs> like, like holy shit! Yeah, that would be the most awesome thing. <laughs> be, and then that same that'd alien, be terrifying. Yeah, and then that same alien craft crashes in area 51 when i'm there <laughs> looking at my historical event you know and the only you, you, you got the two guys yeah and they're like these dudes dressed as romans yeah. just poured out of the spaceship they also were discombobulated and they're you know they and only you and i Latin. yeah only you and i could talk about it with each other and believe each I other know. you know what i mean like oh man it is it is this is a tough one another this is a tough good one. mystery because because he says in the um in the parameters that you're going to be incorporeal yeah, right yeah. i'm assuming that means nothing can hurt you or kill you yeah sure so you know what happened to amelia Earhart? you know what oh, I mean? like I, I maybe be mean. in her in the cockpit of her plane uh-huh. and that would probably be really scary because you know she probably crashed uh-huh. so like but at least you would know like, ah! well you're going down then you'd come back i figured i figured mine know? out i just i just figured mine out you talking about the incorporeal part in the parameters it says that we cannot be harmed in any way right Does, well it, says it, it doesn't say that we cannot be harmed but it says imagine being incorporeal essentially mm-hmm. and you will understand any language or context okay can happening. we agree that the premise yeah, is that if, like you are immune you are an observer and you cannot be harmed yes you can observe whatever it I, is you want i take if you say that you're incorporeal uh-huh. you i mean that means like you can't touch nothing. Nothing can't touch you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. I, easy. I I have a hundred percent picked my moment. What's I, that? Can you guess? Hmm. No. Would you pick the birth of the universe, man? Oh my! <laughs> I want to see what the fuck happened. Like, let's see what's up. That would actually be. Well, even if we kind of already knew, like, even if it was like a you know some kind of explosion, big bang thing or yeah. something. That would still be the most probably awesome thing you could ever witness. Yeah, right? yeah if I could exist outside of the singularity, yeah, you know what be, I mean? Like, because well, I'm incorporeal, right? Mm-hmm. I am an observer. It's probably going to break my brain. I'm probably not going to come back out of this the same, but I got to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know, right? Yeah. If you okay, this is going to make this is going to make my nose bleed, you know, uh-huh. right? But like, if you think about it, so if you picking that moment in history, mm-hmm. in time. But can you be out of time because you're witnessing before it happens? You want to witness it happening. Witness, yeah, witnessing the so birth of time So we would need to itself. see if – See, if, but this it's that's it, where physics and logic kind of break down. Mm-hmm. It's like I want to go to that point as long as I can't be harmed. Like according yeah. to the rules that we set down here, I can't be harmed. So, you can't so be- even if I'm looking and I can't understand what I'm seeing or I see nothing at first until there is at least finally something – yeah. Um, at least I can't be harmed, and then the thing comes to pass, and then I can at least see like the moment the wow, universe was born that, and after for a little bit. N- not even that. You would see what was there before that. Exactly. That That's would why be I would choose so- that. Yeah. Oh, okay. You you won. <laughs> you win. That would be the best. You know what? Uh, that would be honest. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> why is it always a competition? What Tom? if you did that? What if uh-huh. you did that? Right? Imagine this. You did that, and right before the universe forms, you hear. You have come to me, my child. Like oh, in a booming yeah. voice or something. I, was, I, I thought you were going to go a different way with, uh-huh. with a, a similar like voice situation. And instead it says, you're not supposed to be here. Oh, I'm that like, would oh, be, yeah. I'm sorry. That would be scary. Yeah. You know what? I think I think it already would be very like ominous and like yeah. kind of scary no matter what yeah. the voice oh, says. Absolutely. But depending on what the voice says yes. is when you're going to shit yourself everything. or yeah, not. Absolutely. If you could shit yourself when you're incorporeal. I don't know how that would work. But like, will the incorporeal <laughs> shit just come out and like. <laughs> I don't know how I've done it, but I've done it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because if I did hear the voice say like, you have come to me, my child. Like, I would kind of be like. Yes, I have, right? You yeah, know, whatever, yeah. whatever, just to appease whatever's talking. But if you heard it say, you are not supposed to be here, yeah. I'd be like, I didn't do it. <laughs> I would have been like, Nick, Nick Woizen. His name is Nick Woizen. He sent me here. <laughs> Damn, you threw our patron yeah, under the bus in an instant. 
So oh, I man. picked mine. I don't know if you got no, anything. No, I picked the same. I'm going to be there with you because right, there's cool, no way go. you can beat that, man. Incorporeal high five. Yes, yes. Womp, we're going through each other. But, dude, could you imagine? The Draft Royale. Welcome, everybody. This is the Draft Royale. Heroes of History. And basically how this is going to work is me and Will are going to uh, pick a team based of five people. And they're mm-hmm. all going to be from history on mm-hmm. this edition. And uh, basically what's going to happen is they're all going to be assigned a role. And uh, the roles are commander, scout, medic, sniper, and tank. Mm-hmm. And out of these five roles, they're going to have a battle royale, and they're going to, you know, this is going to be a listener-based battle. So Yeah, so you guys got to let us know which team you think wins this gladiator match. And yeah, it's essentially, we're building two gladiator teams. Uh, this is the Heroes of History edition. So these are all going to be historical figures or people from the past. Mm-hmm. And I think the rule we came up with were 1945 or, and or older, yeah. older than that. Um, and then we have a couple other rules. Uh, you can't pick uh, two, and you can't have any two people of the same era of history. Right, yeah. Everyone's got to be from a different time period, and we can't share teammates. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. So, yeah. If, so if one, one of us chooses Julius Caesar, the other can't. <clears throat> exactly. <clears throat> and I think oh, those are all the rules, right? Those are the rules. And remember, like I said, this is a listener-based battle, so you must uh, chime in. You know, Leave a comment. Let us know who do you think would win, Team Will. Yeah. Or yeah. Team Tom. And you can tweet at us. You can email mm-hmm. us. However you want to let us know. Just let us know. And that way we can talk about it next episode. Um, but to decide who's going to lead off this draft, I have a nice dice roller with a D20 sitting staring at me. And Tom, I'll let you do the honors of evens or odds. I'll go with even. All right. And here we go. It is a 19. Oh, so odds, okay. I get to okay. go first. Figures the history buff goes first. <laughs> and I have a whole document that I made up here. So I'll, I'll pull this up. So my first my first pick mm-hmm. of my five, I'm going with the one that I think we might have the same one. So I want to get it from you before you grab it. It's my tank. Oh, okay. Is your t- I, I, I think you I remember you saying your tank was from medieval Europe. Yes. Because mine is as well. Okay. For my tank, I have chosen Sir William Marshall, God the greatest dang knight it, you in God, history. You yes, I knew it. Damn it. I knew I had to grab this before it was too late. Mm. So, um, number one, he's got a great name, right, William? It's yeah, I know. So, <laughs> secondly, that's the he, only thing I didn't like about he, this. Knight. No, just <laughs> secondly, <laughs> he is the knight that the uh, the movie uh, A Knight's Tale is very, 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 very loosely based off of. And mm. I love that movie; it's a good movie. But more importantly, here are my reasons for choosing him as my my melee combatant, my dude who's going to get down and dirty and fuck people up. Mm. Um, he was revered as a tournament champion, esteemed by his peers, as a paragon of chivalry and a, a baron of the realm. He was a tr- he was trained in skilled horsemanship and in weaponry and military tactics. As a tournament knight, he took part of and was successful in over 500 bouts, earning him the title of the greatest knight that ever lived. <laughs> a one legend reports that while on the road, he and his noblewoman companion were attacked. William reportedly fought against an estimated 60 men at arms and bought the noblewoman enough time to escape to her castle. And finally, already renowned William, simply referred to as the Marshal, was the only man to ever unhorse the future King Richard I, also known as Richard the Lionheart. Legendary, legendary <laughs> dude. <laughs> it is said that Marshall could have killed Richard, but instead chose to kill his horse as in an act of chivalry. The two became fast friends and allies afterwards. <clears throat> oh, that's so cool. uh, for my tank, I wanted a dude in heavy armor. Um, granted, there's so a lot of, I. yeah, <laughs> someone who, who could just kind of march out mm. there or better yet, get on the horse and like close as much ground as they can between them and like whoever they're, they're trying to take out. And then, you know, outside of like, you know, certain guns and stuff, like the armor is going to keep them relatively safe to yeah. a certain degree. Yeah. And I just, I just wanted a, a beast of a dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I chose, uh, Sir William Marshall, the greatest knight who ever lived. And that's my first pick, Tom. Well, that was going to be my first pick, but we got to see who went first. But I guess our friends, because my second backup is your best friend, Richard the First, Richard oh, the Lionheart. Oh, okay. We yeah. already know my tank's better than yours then. Yeah. But good choice still. Well, 
Well, maybe better. I don't know. Yours, you know. Mine literally took your so, dude out. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like, but both are pretty much the same in this in the fact of like both their feet. They're both were, knights. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, they're both knights, and yeah. their their feet. Yeah, are on like, another day, it could have gone the other way. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I, I I I buy that. And um, actually. The reasons I even chose a knight is the exact same reason why you you just explained. Mm-hmm. There is one difference though with um, Ly- uh, Richard the Lionheart, which I I liked, and it mm-hmm. was um, and this is the reason why he was my second pick after mm-hmm. uh, William, which was uh, he was ill with scurvy at a time during one of one of his uh, uh, crusades, okay. and. Uh, the Lionhearted uh, had his men carry him around on a stretcher anyway mm-hmm. and positioned him in places where he could use his crossbow. That's so even he was when still he was like, sick, still yeah, he was like, I do not give a fuck. <laughs> carry me around. That's guys, pretty cool. And That's like, pretty badass. You know I mean? yeah. That's pretty so badass. I figured that if I'm going to have a tank, you know, like especially someone that's going to take damage, yeah. well, I still want them to fight. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like no matter what. And it right. sounds like he has that. That that uh, that that personality trait in him, mm-hmm. he's just not going to give up. So yeah. that's the reason why I think as a tank, obviously I couldn't have my first pick. Right, my right. second pick is R- Richard the Lionheart. Okay, I think that's a good pick. So the way I think this works is you get to pick again, and then it passes to me. So then I guess I'm going to go to my commander. Ooh, okay. I'm very curious about your commander. My commander is my commander that I have picked is <laughs> George S. Patton. Oh, General right. Patton. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. General Patton. Okay, yeah. For He's a obvious reasons, <laughs> yes. I mean, there's even, like, even when he first joined the um, uh, West Point and everything like that, mm-hmm. like, he created something, I think it was called the M1913 Saber. Mm-hmm. And it's now most commonly known as the Patton Saber. You know oh, what I mean? Wow. Like, okay. I mean, this guy was kind of born and bred to be a leader. You I know think what I mean? Like, he, he invaded Italy's side, right? Yeah, he yeah. he. Well, you know what? Let me tell you this. These are the com- these are the commands that he held. Okay. Fifteenth United States Army, Third United States Army, Seventh United States Army, Second uh, Corps, Desert uh, Training Center, uh, the First Armored Corps, Second Armored Division, Second Brigade, Second Armored Division, Third Cavalry Regiment, Fifth Cavalry Regiment, Third Squadron, Third Cavalry, Three Hundred and Fourth Tank Brigade. Okay, like. You don't get to be in commands of those unless you have people who respect the shit out yeah, of Yeah, sure, absolutely. Like, there's no like, way. I think as an American, most most of us have heard of General Patton, for sure. I hope. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. Also, um, there's a good movie about him. Yeah, there is, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, he's been in the Mexican Revolution, in the Battle of San Miguelito, World War I, uh, St. Uh, Mihil campaign, and the, I don't know if I'm saying those correctly, and the Muse Are Gone campaign. Hey, so he he was involved in a few wars. Yeah, World okay. War Two, right. Operation Torch, North African Campaign, Tunisia Campaign, Sicily Campaign, <laughs> Western Allied Invasion of France. I mean, it goes on and on. I I could read all of them, but I'm not gonna. I don't want to do like a boring history thing of him. Okay. Um, but I mean, for obvious reasons, what you want your commander to be is, uh, and he also, you know, he's a strategist. Like he knows how to get his men to do what he needs them to do and to be the best that they're going to be. And with a group of five men, you know, well, essentially four, if you don't count himself, right? Right. I mean, for him to, to have to just command four other people. Like, yeah. He's, he's, he's got this. He's like, got it. Yeah. Okay. The, Interesting. These other people, even from, even though they're not, they may not be from his own time period, yeah. will respect him. Like they know, they, you I know think he's I mean? going like, to have a presence. I think a lot yeah, of our commanders that we're going to, we got to choose from are going to have the presence. Yeah. For and sure. w- which would be obvious because yeah. that's why you chose him as a Right. Exactly. Okay. But, yeah, I think it's not just him being able to command. I think it's his strategy on being able to utilize to know what the other people can do and mm-hmm. to use them in the way that's most effective. Okay, for sure. For sure. Um I'm mm-hmm. now now that you've chosen commander, I know my commander is safe. So my commander is going to be the last one I reveal today. Oh, okay. okay. Um so it's back to me. I get two picks now. Mm-hmm. So my pick Number two, I'm starting. I'm going to do my scout. Yeah, I'm going to do my scout. Okay. So for my scout, Tom, he hails from feudal Japan. I have chosen Hattori Hanzo, the demon shinobi. Oh, 
okay, okay. <laughs> so Hattori Hanzo, uh, he's from the Iga family, a place known for ninjas, where no samurai clan had any dominance when the samurais really did run the place. Mm-hmm. Um, he started his shinobi training when he was only eight years old, and his fame started to spread when he was 20 years old after saving the daughters of a noble with a small group of ninja and also capturing many high-ranking members of the Imagawa clan. God, when I was eight, when I was playing video games, and I when know, I was right? 20, Seriously. I was what, partying with this my friends? This dude was training to become a fucking <laughs> yeah, ninja. Uh, he defended the town of Iga with only a few hundred men and won a victory against the son of Oda Nobunaga in 1579. Tori Hanzo also strategically contributed to the siege of Ado- Odawara Castle in, 19- in 1590 and was one of the most well-paid fighters of his time. His stipend was over 8 million USD in today's value. This wow. dude was getting paid $8 million for his campaigns. Like, that's how effective of a killer he was. And a commander as well. Yeah. Uh, he and his men were chosen to guard the doors <laughs> of the shogunate in Tokyo. Um, and there's a phrase here. The Hanzoman line in Tokyo ends by the, to- by the doors Hanzo guarded. <laughs> and finally, he was known as the Demon Shinobi Hanzo because of his strategic thinking and his combat prowess. Like, if you need a killer in the night to sneak up on you, I don't think there's better than the Demon Shinobi. Yeah, 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 that is. So that's, that's my scout. Really that's my scout. Choice. That is awesome, actually. <laughs> so I get another pick before mm-hmm. it passes back to you, um, and I'm going to do my sniper. Oh, okay. My sniper hails from the Wild West, and she goes by the name of Annie Oakley. I oh the man, little that's... sure shot. Yeah, I was I was actually <laughs> going to pick her. Oh, yeah, okay. But then then I chose somebody else. Uh, okay. Because I really did figure like I I was like well if I don't pick. You know what I mean? I was mm-hmm. like, or if I do pick her, I really felt like either you're going to go first and then you're going to take another one for me. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You were thinking about it, though. I was. I was. So Annie Oakley, for those of you who don't know, she was uh, considered one of the greatest uh, sharpshooters of the Western era, in, mm-hmm. in America at least. Considered maybe one of the greatest to ever in the world at her time. And mm-hmm. um, I would say from, you know, from my limited knowledge of the time period, she definitely takes the cake as probably the greatest in in uh, the Wild West. Um, she was so good that she was pretty much the star of Buffalo Bill's Wild West uh, yeah. show. Um, so she began trapping animals at age seven and shooting and hunting at age eight. Again, with these eight-year-olds, man. I know. They're out of control. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Like, I can't imagine myself. I know. Like... Though some sources have her doing both by the time she was six in order to put food on her family's table. By the way, Annie Oakley's life starts off so tough, dude. Times were tough oh, back then. back then? And her mom was doing everything that she could to keep that family fed, and she just <laughs> couldn't do it. And Annie was in an orphanage pretty early. She ended up getting her kids back, but... um. Unless you had some but kind of Annie's wealth, life you was, were was having a hard tough, time. man. Uh, but by age 15, she outgunned a professional sharpshooter. She ended up marrying that guy. Oh, really? He ended up being a really cool dude from what I read about him. Well, wait a minute, though. Like, okay, yeah. I, I can see. Wait, did it say when she did that? She met him when she was 15. I think they got married when she was 16 and he was 20. Yeah, that's okay. That's what I figured. That's yeah. usually back then how it happened. It Dude, was that's like nothing. Her mom good. was uh, eighteen, married her forty-eight-year-old dad. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's how a lot of that happened was back, back then. then yeah. yeah, at thirty paces, she could <clears throat> split. She could split a playing card held edge on. She hit dimes tossed in the air. She shot. She shot cigarettes from her husband's lips regularly for the show. Wow. And a playing card. So much a playing card being uh, thrown through the air. She would riddle it before it touch the ground wow that is awesome i like seeing stuff like that. i know right she could shoot over her shoulder with amazing accuracy in 1887 she was presented to queen victoria and later in berlin she performed her cigarette trick with at his insistence crown prince wilhelm later on kaiser wilhelm ii holding a cigarette so i don't know i know you probably don't know much about kaiser wilhelm but he was a little bit fucking crazy yeah and he insisted on being the person with the cigarette cigarette, she shot the cigarette out of out of kaiser wilhelm's uh hand so yeah uh i'm picturing this is what i'm picturing right now i'm picturing uh sir william marshall Beating the shit out of Richard the First, <laughs> while being covered by Annie Oakley from afar, covering anyone trying to get close to him, mm-hmm. and you know the demon Shinobi uh, Hanzo mm-hmm. sneaking up and coming for the kill of, of Patton. He's coming for Patton. Okay. He's coming. It's your tr- it's your turn, Tom. Okay, okay. <laughs> Annie Oakley's a good choice. I do want to say something that I I think there. I I wish I could remember his name, but if you look up on YouTube. And mm-hmm. I think it's called the Annie Oakley shot mm-hmm. or something like that yeah. is where she 
had a it was either a rifle or I think sometimes she could do it with a with a revolver too. But mm-hmm. I think it was a rifle with a mirror on one end. The rifle's over her shoulder, facing her back, like pointing away from her. Yeah. And she uses the mirror on there to aim what she's going to hit at wow. behind her, and then she hits it. Holy shit! Um, she was phenomenal at that kind of stuff. And and there's a guy on YouTube that does all that, mm-hmm. all of her tricks and stuff, and he's really cool. Oh, that's awesome! I love watching that that stuff. That's really cool. So <clears throat> I'm going to go back then because I like I like to mirror your choices to show you who I get. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. So who's your scout was? Um, My scout was uh, Hattori Hato- Hanzo, the Demon Shinobi. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I am going to pick someone that was back in, I guess this would be the era of ancient, or not ancient, <laughs> ancient West, the old West. <laughs> okay, Wild right? West, yeah. Um, Wild West. And back in the day, uh, you know, a lot of Native Americans, this was when, you know, obviously the United States government there was trying to establish their territory throughout the United North Yeah, they America, were taking over the continent. They were taking That's what they were doing. Everything. <laughs> Now, when that was happening, obviously there's a there was a lot of tribes that were warring tribes that were trying to fight back. Yeah. Some acclimated. Some, you know, was like, okay, hey, the white man got us beat. We're not going to fight. We're yeah. Gonna some try didn't to join put up you. a fight. Some yeah. Did. Some didn't put up a fight, yeah. and they tried to join. You know. So when it ended up happening was <clears throat> when this happened, they were trying to uh, create uh, forts. You know, like a like basically points of of areas that were concentrated with u.s cavalry and u.s yeah so yeah there's forts across the united states their city still named after those forts yeah exactly one of them was in arizona and in that area uh they found that they they were using um general george crook he was the the commander of that fort in arizona okay he was utilizing these native american scouts Right. Mm -hmm. And was having tremendous success with them because Mm -hmm. the Native Americans were using they were using like, excuse me, they were using a type of warfare that like we weren't used like the United States were not used to. Okay, the the you know, I mean, they were very good at like hiding their tracks. You know what I mean? Like you don't know when they're going to come for they're going to ambush you. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? They were like masters of that type of warfare. Yeah. And they may not have had all the weaponry that our cavalry had, you know what I mean? But like basically, you know, they could like a smaller group of, let's say a a Native American tribe could sometimes take out a larger group of uh, infiltration. Yeah. Because of the fact that they knew the area. They okay. knew where to hide. They knew yeah. where to get the food. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like the military during that time had to bring that stuff with them. Right. Because they didn't know the area. They didn't know, oh, there might be hills or mountains or caves over here. And they didn't okay. know that. Yeah. You know? So is there a particular <clears throat> one you're choosing? So there was this one. Uh, oh, so anyway, so when they did get these uh, Native American trackers that would track down these other warring tribes, mm-hmm. they had great success. But one of the most... Most famous was they he he became a sergeant in in there in the army, mm-hmm. um, which is you know it wasn't all that popular to do because he was Native American, right? Uh, sergeant William Alchesay. A lot of I, Williams on this. I list. know, yeah. Uh, sergeant I William. I doubt that was his real name. Yeah, Alchesay. I yeah. Uh, I don't think. I wonder that was what his, his tribe name was. Um, I believe he was an Apache okay. because General Crook said. The, uh, I think he was quoted saying. One of the best ways to find an Apache is to use an Apache. That's like, so you know fucked I mean, to up. Track. I know. That's so fucked um, up. <clears throat> it's actually even more fucked up of what and what they ended up doing at the very end when they no longer needed trackers. Mm-hmm. Like, they essentially kind of put them in with the Native Americans that they were holding. Of course prison. they fucking did. Yeah. Of course but they did. it was weird because General Crook did at first, he actually did recommend them to get medals of honor right. to, from our from our military. Mm. You know what I mean? Because, like, he said they were doing the most awesome job he's seen anyone ever do. Yeah, I'm sure they were. But still. Yeah. Goddamn. Anyways. But that well, would be my choice <laughs> because he was able to find... He he could find any trace of a of tracks anything yeah. whether it be animal he could hunt anyone down anything he, he anywhere he could hunt anyone down yeah. not only can he just hunt anyone down he knew how to defend himself mm-hmm. he knows how to fight yeah he yeah, knows absolutely. how to keep hidden okay he knows where to find his own food to survive if he's mm-hmm. out in somewhere and he has to wait yeah so all I think all those points mm-hmm. make him a phenomenal I think he's a great track. pick yeah yeah you think he's a <clears throat> uh, way better real... than Hitori Hanzo I don't know about like, that but I <laughs> love the idea of these guys sneaking <laughs> yeah. and then they run into each other <laughs> yeah, like, I know. oh shit I feel like here's the question do they just keep sneaking by each other 
other? <laughs> yeah. I or think, do they like face off? I think if they, I think if they ever even found each other, That's like true. they they pass each other and they don't even notice the other. They one's don't there. even notice that they're <laughs> in there. But I think if they did find each other, both would have been surprised. They both yeah. were like, oh, oh shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like. Um, Interesting. Okay, so that's your scout. That's my scout. Are you doing your and sniper? What was the other one? The sniper. I did, I did yeah. sniper the yeah. sniper. I am going to butcher this last name. Oh, okay. Let me let me spell the last name before I say it. Okay. So I'm choosing Francis P A G A H M A G A B O W. So I'm thinking that's Pagamagabo. Okay. I, I, I don't I, know. I could be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I don't but, know. Okay, tell me about this person. P- Pagamagabo. Pagamagabo. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, so he was a Canadian snap sniper that okay. served in World War One. Okay. So I, I just want to make sure World War One and World War Two is okay. We're, we're I, I will allow that. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> and is credited with 378 enemy kills. He was born. On oh, the is this the Finnish dude? The Swedish dude? The like yeah. Scandinavian? Yeah. I've oh, heard of this for, person. oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He's like alone out there, just taken yep. out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that was the that's yeah, so that's a I good picked. pick. I considered him. Mm-hmm. He uh uh yeah he was deployed uh, February of 1915 with the first Canadian Infantry Battalion, and he quickly saw uh, action during the Second Battle of Ypres. I think that's how it's, that's said. Um, but due to his sharp shooting skills that he developed because of hunting, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who are good, like I think it probably they started young. from hunting. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> but. He was instrumental in numerous battles, uh, helping his battalion fend off countless waves of German soldiers. But one of the major accomplishments, <clears throat> this is the one reason why I really liked him, was one of his major accomplishments that he uh, did was he was fighting off German forces. And, you know, you know, whenever whenever there's a, a skirmish that happens on the lines, you know how in the middle there's what's usually called no man's land? Yeah. Right? Because it's technically one side isn't didn't claim it yet and the other side can't defend it fully, right? So there's like that space of like no man's yeah, land. Yeah, it's the space between the two uh, fighting trenches. Yeah, yeah, the most, the, basically the most dangerous part to be in, right? Because right? if you're not getting hit by your own, yeah. your they, own people shooting, not only out, is the most yeah. dangerous place to be in, no one goes there. Exactly, yeah. hence why it's called no man's land. Uh, one of the reasons, anyway. He, uh, they were running out of uh, all their supplies, and he actually ran into the no man's land alone and brought back enough supplies from dead soldiers in the field and carried it back to his own unit, mm-hmm. which was just enough for them to do a final counterattack and win that. Wow. That, that right holy crap. So I'm thinking if I have this sniper mm-hmm. that obviously is good at like sniping, s- sniping <laughs> and staying in back. Yeah. But when push comes to shove, because yeah. snipers, they're not always safe where they're at. No, Sooner they're or later, not. they're going to get sawn. Yeah. He's, you know, he, I see that he has skills enough to be able to move and be able to know what to do, yeah. you know, in, in a, in a situation like that. Yeah. So I think it's a good that's, pick. That's what was the name again? It was Jacob. Uh, was, His name? No, yeah. it was uh, Francis. Francis. Pagamagabo. Okay. <laughs> for sure. Pagamagabo. I don't okay. know. Okay. I, I like that. Name. Yeah. So those are your two picks. So mm-hmm. you, you have, you have to pick your medic. Is that your last one? That would be my... And I still have my medic and my commander. Okay. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because okay. I did my sniper, my commander, okay. my scout. Well, wait a minute. My you commander? did your commander and your Oh, tank. and my tank. Yeah, so my and, medic and, is the last And now one. you've done sniper. Yeah, okay. So you got one left. I got two. And it's back to me. So I'm going to start with my medic. And this is the one person on my list that I didn't know about before, like, trying to put this team together in my head. Um, I guess I, I've just never really um, picked up on a lot of like old school uh, doctors. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I had to look this one up and I'm very, very happy with my pick. So my yeah. medic for my gladiatorial history team is private first class Desmond Doss. Oh, okay. In 1945, then private first class Desmond Doss became the first conscientious objector that actually received the medal of honor. So he he refused to kill. He refused to to do any fighting whatsoever. It was against his religious beliefs, but he still joined up as a medic. Um, the Medal of Honor came for for Doss's actions in Okinawa in May of 1945. Over three weeks of fighting, he retrieved approximately 75 casualties under artillery, mortar, and machine gun fire. According to his Medal of Honor citation 
citation on May 21st, Doss was wounded by a grenade while carrying out another retrieval mission. He dressed his own injuries while waiting five hours for someone to retrieve him. Meanwhile, Doss still attended other wounded soldiers on the field, even directing the litter bearers to aid other men first. A sniper then shot him in the arm, breaking the bone. Doss made a splint out of the rifle out of a rifle stock and crawled 300 yards to an aid station. This dude. I didn't know about him before this. This dude's a fucking badass. Mm-hmm. He's out here saving lives, refuting, refusing to shoot a gun, out here saving lives, getting shot, getting blown up, stitching himself up, and still saving people. Like, this dude did not stop. Desmond Doss, you were a cool dude. Yeah, that does sound He's good. my medic. World War II. Um, and now my final pick, my commander. Who, who's going to command this elite team that I've built, Tom? <laughs> well, probably the greatest commander to ever live. How about that? Okay. Alexander the Great. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Considered going the, way back. Consider uh, ancient Greece. Considered the greatest military commander in history. By age 30, he had created one of the largest empires in, in history, stretching from Greece to northwestern India. He was undefeated in battle till the day he died, and is widely considered to be the history's greatest and most successful military commanders. He was a military genius who used guile, ingenuity, and lateral thinking to defeat even vastly superior forces. The man brought down the greatest empire the world had ever seen, seemingly without difficulty and within a matter of just a couple years. He conquered most of the known world while fighting far from home. He never lost a single battle. He led from the front. He was tutored by Aristotle and maintained his passion for philosophy throughout his life and spread Greek culture across the globe. He's Alexander the Great for yeah. a reason. It's good and I think he can command this this gladiatorial team mm-hmm. to victory through pure uh, machismo alone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's my guy. <clears throat> yeah, that's cool. I mean, he's, he's not a patent, but you know, that's, cool. that's good. <laughs> okay, <Yeah>. for sure. <laughs> um, okay, so I just noticed something about my medic here. Yeah. And I guess it's going to have to, if you, if you, um, Agree to it. Okay. If you let me ask. Because yeah. I just noticed that actually the time frame is going to be similar to my scout, I think. But Scout was World War One, right? Uh, no, my scout was from Wild West. So, so like 1877. Okay. But okay. this takes place, I think, a little bit before that in the Civil War. That's I think that's fair. So it's because fair? Civil okay. War and Wild West are in you know in the American history considered different time periods. Okay, okay. Wild okay. West is what was between the the Civil War and uh, kind of like the Industrial Revolution of the 20th century. Yeah, um, that's where the Wild West. Fits. Okay, okay, so the Wild West was really only like a 35 year period. Yeah. Okay, go so ahead. okay, because I actually did because I think I told you before I did have another medic and I thought it was yeah. pretty cool and it's from the same list where you got your medic okay and, but I but you didn't had choose someone from the... World War II my okay. commander yeah. so I couldn't yeah, yeah you were so, attached to that yeah okay. I really liked him but I couldn't do it okay so who's so, your medic her name her is name Mary Edwards Walker okay and she was the only woman in her medical school class in 1855 her medical patients floundered because few people trusted a female doctor. So that was the only thing was the the time era was such a downfall for for women because mm-hmm. like nobody want I, mean, I don't understand like if you're good you're good it doesn't matter if you're man or woman you know what I mean like yeah cultural then, cultural norms and societal like yeah yeah it'll just yeah but. You know, she did phenomenal things uh, during the Civil War. And uh, the things that the, the reason why I liked picking her was for a few reasons. So even though she went, okay, even though she knew that she was going to, to not be treated well and not be like accepted into, uh, you know, the, the Civil Army and everything like that because she's a woman, she didn't care. She still volunteered. She still went there. And yeah, when she went she there and they wanted. made her become a nurse, Whenever the doctor wasn't there or whenever she had the chance, she would do what a doctor had to, you know, would yeah. do. You know what yeah. I mean? And, she took charge. Um, and then not only that, she ended up did getting captured. And even when she was captured, she would still help the other prisoners. She was and just she out was, there saving lives. Yeah, she would just still be out there saving lives no matter what. Yeah. And even after she the, the war was over and everything, she actually um, was uh, – or actually right before I think it was um, – for several months, uh, in 1864, she was accused of being a spy. Like, you know what, what I mean? Just because, yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> and, it, and it still didn't stop her. Because then, uh, in 1865, she actually finally became the only woman ever to receive the Medal of Honor for her efforts at the first Battle of Bull Run. Wow. But uh, not only that, after that, she actually um, 
after the war, she campaigned for women's rights, temperance, and even ran for political office before women even had the right to vote. Exactly. So what that tells me is that she doesn't care what you wh- whatever you're gonna try to bring at us. Yeah. she doesn't care. She's okay, still gonna right. heal my yeah, people. Right, okay, you know right. what I mean? She's that good. She's very respectful. You know, she, this is a very good pick. Yeah, she's very. Uh, yeah, she's she's very uh, tenacious. Uh, tenacious. That's unstoppable. the word. Unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I, I believe it. I so believe that's it. My so, so that's my team. All right, so let's let's do a recap. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Okay, yeah. So my you're, medic. All right, we got so, Team Tom. Let's team, hear it. Team Tom. My medic, Civil War, uh, Mary Edwards Walker. And my tank is going to be from the medieval uh, ages. And he's a knight, Richard I, Richard the Lionhearted. And my uh, sniper is going to be, again, a name I can't pronounce, from the World War I era, uh, Francis Pagamagabo. That's that's what it looks like to me. That's it sounds like you name. made it up. I know. That's why I'm like, my scout is going to be from the uh, from the old west uh, era, and it's a Native American, but he went by the name of Sergeant William Alchesay, A L C H E S A Y, Alchesay, Alchesay, and of course, all commanded from the greatest commander there ever was. Okay, <laughs> World War II, George Patton. All right. So then we have Team Will, which is we're going to start uh, from the tank, uh, who's going to be up front, Sir William Marshall, considered the greatest knight in history. Um, he's going to be backed up by his sharpshooter, uh, Annie Oakley, the sharpest shooter of the West. So, yeah, we have uh, medieval medieval Europe. We have uh, the Wild West. Then we have um, our scout. Hidden and unseen by all until he assassinates Patton, uh, Hattori Hanzo, the demon shinobi. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure everyone's surviving, we got Desmond Doss, uh, the private first class from World War II, who uh, saved quite a few lives and got the Medal of Honor. Um, and finally, commanding this uh, resolute and very impressive team is none other than the greatest commander to ever grace the face of the earth, <laughs> Alexander the Great. <laughs> Who built an empire by age 30. I don't know what the fuck Patton did by age 30, but it sure wasn't build a fucking empire. <laughs> Patton did way more than that by age 30. Let me but tell you that. Uh, it'll be up to our audience. Who do you think won, Team Tom or Team Will? Let us know, and we'll we'll talk about it next episode here on Dude, Could You Imagine? The Draft Royale. And that is all we have for you tonight. We will continue to bring you up-to-date coverage as new imaginings develop. Please don't forget, you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dude could you imagine. Another way to support our podcast is by leaving an Apple Podcast review. You can subscribe to us on Instagram at dude underscore could you imagine, on Twitter at dcyimagine, and on our YouTube channel where you can leave a like and a comment. If you would like to contact us with what you are imagining, you can email us at dudecouldyouimagine at gmail.com. This has been Fritz Frivolous, and from all of us here at Dude Could You Imagine, keep on imagining. Welcome back, everybody. What? You're supposed to say your name. Why'd you look at me? I don't know. You just stopped. I'm just literally overking my water bottle. Dude, I literally thought, I looked at you, you're right, I looked at you like, Okay, aren't you going to say something now? Yeah, I was like, wait, you're not even done. This is going to go at the end as a stinger. (laughs) Okay.